Hello, hello. I'm with uh, legendary Mr. E today, and we're going to be continuing with Genesis 3. This is one of the most dramatic chapter in Genesis, where the start of fall of man, Adam and Eve, their first lie and their first sin. And so we're going to be talking a lot about verse by verse, figuring out what happened, and we're still doing it, so we can't really blame them. Um, but it's a really interesting chapter and a really start of the whole humanity of where we are today. And Pretty much anything that ever happens that's going on around you right now, it all stems from the story of Adam and Eve. So how are you, Mr. E? I'm doing pretty good. I love talking to you about all this stuff, so I really do appreciate we're doing this. We're going to start with Genesis 3, and Mr. E is going to be reading this time, So, and we'll just follow along verse by verse. All right. Chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has, has God said, you shall not eat of any tree of the garden? Wow. There's a few things going on there already. Yeah. So um, that one is the first commandment, right? You shall not eat any tree of the garden. Well, well, it's, but it, he twisted it a little bit though. Yeah. That's not actually what God said. But let's, let's, uh, can we go back to the first sentence? Yeah. The uh, serpent. Or that. On with the serpent. So did God create, did God, is is this serpent one of the beasts of the field? You know what I mean? Like it's comparing the serpent versus the other beasts of the field, but it says it's more subtle than any beast of the field. Does but that mean that the serpent is one of the beasts of the field, one of the animals God created, or is it, some, is it not? Well, we know from Genesis 1 that he created all the animals from the dust of the ground, so, yeah, so is this serpent really means a snake, or is this some other serpentine? Yeah, it's funny, because I was reading some commentaries about this chapter, and um, a lot of them, they just assume, or they just automatically think, oh, this says, this says that God created Satan, because, or this serpent, whatever it is, you know, and... Um, I don't think so, really. The way I read this is, you know, the serpent, which we'll try to get into that later, but the serpent, whatever it is, is more subtle than these other animals, but it's not implying that it's one of those animals. That's the way and I read talking. that. Why is it talking? Like, is it right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not animal? one of these normal animals, and it's not just a snake. Yeah. I mean, that is the word for snake. It's, um, but it's the sa the snake has always symbolized this chaos from the abyss and evil and then it and magic you know the the pagans really latched onto the serpent yeah. imagery and we still see it going on today you know um apparently the new taylor swift uh, world tour has this huge snake in the background yeah. i just put it in one of my videos but uh definitely you know, like, that's a modern day take on the serpent worship um i can actually yeah and actually, you gave me some in an email. You pointed out a few good things. We can get into that later. But yeah. uh, about the, uh, it's kind of a Gnostic interpretation of this. There's many, many, yeah. many. Uh, this is a foundational text for, I think, Gnosticism and uh, and also Christianity. You know, but a lot of people, depending on how you read this, you can come up with some pretty uh, interesting theology. Honestly, <laughs> just reading it as a Christian is a disturbing paragraph it's disturbing know. very why disturbing. is it disturbing well because in our reality we are separate from the beast right so 
And we are supposed to have dominion over all the beasts of the earth and the birds of the air, whatever. Mm. And yet, and we don't sit there and talk to them in like conversational way, like what's happening here. So one, it's a serpent, which is a scary animal. I mean, of all the animals in the world, I have to say that one's to me personally is the most scariest. If you look at any snake, right? Like people cringe. Like if you heard snakes on planes, you, you know, you're going to be terrified. It's a terrifying animal. So why is Eve able to talk to the serpent? Why is she not scared? And why, how did God like allow this slithery well, snake? Well, this is a test. This, this is a test. God could have, see, that we get into the question of where did, um, well, later on, we are told this is Satan. Yeah. Right? I mean, the Bible tells us that. And, um, so, so this is Satan and uh, described as a serpent. Doesn't mean it was a literal snake necessarily. It could be a, a, a serpentine type of spiritual being, which we're told, you know, a seraph. And th so there's a bunch make, of different. Uh, that would make different, more sense to me because then yeah. we know that it's Satan. And yeah. then, like, did he look like, you know how the whole controversy now and people making up like reptilian race and how shape-shifting and all that stuff mm -hmm. so is he really like because the bible also says that satan is a beautiful angel like he had the most where does it say that uh later on ezekiel 28 ezekiel 28 which is yeah but that's a whole different topic but um yeah but it, maybe i would say maybe beautiful. the bible says that maybe it's poetry <laughs> See that's that's a poet that's a poetic uh, diatribe against the king of Tyre, and they, and he does that for like ten different people over a few chapters in prophetic literature. So it's uh, so I'm not we, really actually with that on that one because I feel like that's a lot more information than what I know in my head. Well, well that's the thing still... is we're not told it's mysterious. We're not. Ex I don't think we're really told where Satan comes from, to be yeah. honest. And it seems to be associated. Uh, this is what's going on in my head. The last six or months, or even a year, is uh, maybe he comes from the abyss, which kind of opens up a whole theological can of worms, actually. But you know, there's this associate, and and he comes out of the abyss in Revelation. Well, he, kill the two does, witnesses. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it does talk about locked up in the abyss, like after he fell, right? But before the story of like before he he actually became uh, sinful and you know prideful of, of his fall, we haven't. Well, that's Ezekiel twenty eight and yeah. Isaiah fourteen, but that's speculative in terms of is that really talking about Satan or is it talking about these kings who became prideful using this angelic language? Okay, I mean, that's well, a whole show in itself. We'll get to, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that, that in Ezekiel. But, but um, as of right now, who do you think this creature is? Well, it's Satan. We're told it's Satan. No, and, no, no. Um, but I mean, like visually, how do you see? Well, I don't know. I, you know, did she, did they even see it? Was it a spiritual thing? I mean, that's no way of uh, knowing necessarily. But he's talking. They're having a conversation. Okay. You know, I don't know what that would have looked like. It doesn't really matter so much to me. Um, but um, what he says, though, like you pointed out, the fact that they're talking to this serpent or yeah. Satan is a problem in and of itself. Right. Like they shouldn't. They, I think I think what's ha what's happening here is this is a see, they're supposed to protect the garden. 
and manage it, but then they let evil in. They let this evil lying serpent, Satan, into the garden, and they were supposed to kick him out by obeying the commandments and by the word of God, just like Jesus was tested by Satan in the desert, Resisting. right? Resisting. That's what the Yeah, Jesus was tested, and that was intentional. Yeah. It wasn't some surprise thing. No. Um, we have to be tested. That's part of this life. Part of the way God God designed life is that we are tested, and we need to be tested. So Adam was tested. Do you really believe and trust me? You know, do you trust God, or do you doubt God? See, he planted the seeds of doubt. Did God really say... And then he gave a he gave the a different uh, commandment. You, so God said you can eat all the trees except this one. And then Satan says uh, you shall not eat any tree. Uh, you know, eat of any tree of the garden. That's not what God said. It's so he kind of uh, he kind of makes God's commandments look more severe than they really are, or more strict than they really are. I mean, really, because you can they could eat any they could eat all the different trees. They had tons of food. Yeah. It was a utopian paradise. They had it made. They had it all. They had access to the tree of life, which is uh, gives them immortality, you know it, essentially. You know what it looks like to me then? Like having all this, like everything you want, everything was freely available. And that one thing where God said, don't eat it. Mm. That's yeah. what Satan says. You know what? I'm going <laughs> to focus on that tree. And then all of a yeah. sudden it became like the Gucci of, you know, of everything that was going on. So yeah, I think Satan knows exactly what you desire, like to, what you can be tempted with. Otherwise it wouldn't make any yeah. sense, right? So like That's why we need God to protect us. God I think God's commandments try to protect us from yeah. Satan who's who's who was just able to deceive us, you know. Yeah, I think that's um, exactly why he even wrote the book because it seems like, you know, this is very early on. So like Satan and God are in the same realm. And then the first man, the first woman, and all of a sudden they had a choice. And I think he wrote yeah, that, just so we can avoid that same trap. Well, <laughs> yeah. Although we we didn't avoid it either. Really, <laughs> nobody can avoid this trap. Actually, and these this is you know Adam and Eve are representative heads of humanity. So the entire human race, basically, uh, you know. Well, we'll go on. Well, let's let's should we move yeah. on? Yep. Um, we'll see what happens here. Uh, verse 2, And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit from the trees of the garden. Okay, so she understands that. But from the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You will not eat of it, nor will you touch it, or else you will die. Okay, so that sounds like she kind of understands. Maybe Adam told her about this. And it is interesting that he's he's uh, talking to Eve instead of Adam. Yeah, you know, um, there is. I think Paul says later on. I think it was Paul. You know, he says Eve was deceived, not Adam. Although I think Adam's kind of implied in this as well. He he Adam was not um, doing his job either. He was not protecting. Eve from the no, I think he represents just about every man in history. (laughs) He was off watching a football game or something, you know. (laughs) Well, he was gonna go with his wife, you know, he was gonna follow her because what's he afraid of, like disobeying the woman that he's supposed to be with, you know. So, imagine that first. I don't think he wanted that controversy to like not please his wife in a way, and I think that always happens 
where men are kind of like, even if they know what's right and wrong, but I often feel like they're misled with the women in their lives to kind of go in the wrong direction. I hate to say that as a woman, but I... I That's actually part of the curse. I think we'll get there at the end where one of the curses on Eve is that she wants to dominate the husband. Yeah. I think that's what it really says, actually. That's what some scholars have said. Um, the well, women we want to dominate the husband, and that's kind of a curse, and uh, it's a problem. <laughs> well, the relationship, yeah, it already has a curse. I think that's why men and women can never fully yeah. be one for some reason. Yeah, that's, it's difficult. Yeah, they made it re- it's really difficult to, um, to be in a relationship these days, and it really shouldn't be that difficult, but it is. You know what I mean? Um, it's super, that's probably I mean, part of the curse, part of the fall, I think. Yeah, it's definitely part of the fall because we're all reaching for the same tree of evil, the good and evil. Everyone's trying to be the boss and yeah. run the show, everyone wants to be the do their own thing. And, um, you know, we if, we, if we kind of unite around God, then we're all on the same page, but everyone's doing. Yeah, actually, that is a message later on in the books that if we are to obey in God, then the marriage itself is really good, you know, so like you would have all the blessings of God and the relationship is good. Only when you start going outside or one of them or both. So so there's a lot of verses about that, but we can continue uh, what's going on with the serpent here. Once you started making her... yeah, so then the serpent uh, talks again. He only ha- he has a few uh, lines, not that many lines, but it's really interesting what he has to say. So, okay, so verse 4, Then the serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die, for God knows that on the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, Yeah, knowing good and evil. Um, so I got a lot of questions here. Um well, they do die, so he's kind of lying there. I think they don't they don't die they don't die right away, but uh, they do die because they're expelled from uh, the tree of life. Yeah, so, yeah I, th- I think they were created mortal, but if they ate from that tree of life, they could uh, live forever. Right, if they had which access they to that tree have of life. To do regularly anyway, but yeah, so their lifespan got shortened to nine hundred years. I think it's only because it's less than a th- or more like around thousand. Because they were already made perfect and they were already in a perfect environment. So they had, even though like they lost their immortality, it still took them a while to die. Where like now, I mean, mm. people can die like 50 years or less, you know? Um, yeah. But the other thing I, I noticed here is that this tree of good, knowing good and evil. So that meant that evil already existed. Before well, I think it's a phrase that means you'll know right from wrong. Yeah, so in a sense, yeah, evil or wrong. Um, see, only God knows that. God created the world. It's like if you designed a uh, software or a video game, you know how it works perfectly. But, um, you know, so God knew, God knows what's right and wrong and what's good and evil. And we're supposed to uh, listen to him and obey his, you know, his commandments, his His words to do this and not do that, but we're not created, uh, we're not gods, so we couldn't follow that that uh, perfectly, you know. Um, but, but yeah, so I think that's the wisdom. That his heavenly angels or heavenly beings, there were some 
disobeying going on or evil had already occurred? Where well, not necessarily. Um, not necessarily. I don't see that there, to be honest. Okay, so um, I just think. I mean, the potential. Maybe you could say the potential because he created the world. It was good, but there is. But but see, this evil I think is coming from the abyss. The the formless void. The the world. Genesis one verse two. There was there was something evil about um the wor the the, uh, the world before it was created you know what i mean well something had to exist for evil to be contemplated at all yeah, yeah or you could just say this is the start of it it's just to differentiate moral boundaries of knowing right and wrong like you said yeah and god yeah god knows exactly what is good and evil and what's best for us and we had to trust god and just you know trust him that he, and now Satan has uh, introduced a doubt. Did yeah. God really say that? Did he really? You know, God's trying to hide knowledge from you. Don't you know that? You know, it's like uh, there, he's kind of slandering God in a certain way. And you know and, what? Uh, that promise that you will be like God, that's exactly what I hear all the time. Not only from like secular people trying to be God-like, the, you know, the movies that make all these superheroes, they're wanting the godlike status. But I also hear it in Christian world, too. A lot oh, of really? bad pastors, they mm. also promote that idea, like, you are little gods, you will be like God, like, you're more than what we are. Yeah. Um, so that lie is still out there, very much alive. Like, yeah, I think yeah, I mean, I, it's understandable, I think. Yeah. But it is the same lie. In fact, yeah, I would say that's the same lie being told uh, over and over and over again. Yeah. If you if you insert certain things into your body, you will be like a god. You know. Yeah. Talking. I was talking about uh, vitamins. Of course. <laughs> so you're very yeah. healthy for you. You'd be like a god if you take these vitamins. <laughs> Taking anything outside of what God intended, you know, like immortality. I think that's what they're but trying technology, to do. you know, yeah. I mean, they're technology using technology itself, yeah. to be like a god. And, and, you know, think about, you know, God somehow knows our thoughts and our hearts and all this stuff. But what is Satan trying to do by collecting all this data? You know, they, they kind of know us as well, right? The technology companies know us uh, quite a bit more than we realize, you know? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, so in a way, it's it's a way of a record. Everything we're saying now is being recorded. You know, it's all being recorded. Like, God has a way of doing this in a different way. Um, yeah, he, he somehow you know, is able to know everything about us without technology, without forcing it on us. Satan him. needs technology. Satan yeah. Needs stuff and he's trying to imitate he's the one really trying to be god yeah know, satan and with all the technology that's going on it's like he's getting very close to achieving everything that he wanted yeah yeah and people are falling for it you know that's the only reason why they do the stuff they do because they want you know if you actually don't know the bible or you're not a believer they actually think that all this greatest technology to like monitor you chip you doing all these things the invasive thing they most of them that i spoke to they all think it's a great idea they love it like you know how oh, Anne yeah. wants to do the palm reading to go into the store to buy and sell yeah yeah Actually, have, like they can't wait for that technology to come through so they don't have to carry anything and they can just yeah. walk Makes in them feel safe that's yeah. why they're allowing all these uh 
this shoplifting and all this criminal activity you know even my mother is like afraid to go shopping now because it's dangerous so then this thing will make people feel safe right right uh, no, it's it's all perfectly planned. They know how to uh, mani manipulate human beings uh, precisely. Like they got they 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 got that down. That's one of their main skills. Yeah, and it all started here. <laughs> you know, he, he pretty much perfected it. Um, okay, so the next verse. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, ah, that it was pleasing to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate, and she gave to her husband with her, and he ate. So she yeah. to look at three factors. One, it was good, yeah. but they already had good food everywhere else, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was pleasing to the eyes. Well, I'm assuming the garden was full of pleasing to the eyes. So what made this tree look, was it looking better than all the other trees? You know, like... Yeah, that's the nature of that's what happens to us when we're tempted, like these same yeah. three things, really. It's like, oh, I'm no, I'm not supposed to do that, but, uh, you know. I think she fell for the last one that it was to make one wise. I think that's what really kicked it in for her. Mm. Like, she wanted to be smarter. And what he said, you know, you'll be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you see that same attitude today. I mean, uh, we all kind of have it to a certain degree, and that's kind of. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, our our, our spiritual battle, our, our inner spiritual struggle is, you know, to, uh, we're kind of, uh, sometimes we're our own worst enemy, really, you know, I am. this kind of thinking. Yeah, I mean, this kind of thinking, it's like we can rationalize anything, and especially if it's a moment, it's a, it's a temporary pleasure or a uh, immediate gratification, you know, I mean, look at drug drugs, for example, right? It's like, oh, if I... It's drugs. stuff, you know, I'll feel good for two yeah. hours and then I'll feel horrible for the next three days. But, you know. <laughs> I think the list is pretty endless. I mean, the struggles, it's just people just struggle in different ways, you know, whether it's drugs or, yeah. or shopping or career. Yeah. It There's is. lust in there as well, yeah. pleasing to the eyes. Really you know. yeah. yeah. So we can deceive ourselves, just that little voice in our head. And, um, but that was, you know, this is all after she talked to Satan, right? Uh, she didn't have these ideas before that. Right. She was no. perfectly happy and content in their garden. So yeah. And that's the same thing that happens now. We just, you know, there's, it, it is very subtle too. A lot of the messaging is subtle and kind of, you don't even notice it's there, but it is there, right. you know, especially in entertainment. I mean, all the entertainment is not always overtly satanic, but there's subtle, even, even this conversation they're having is not obviously um, evil. You know, Satan's not saying, Hey, worship me. You know, it's, it's real subtle. In, in the, yeah. He just you know. offered something that she probably didn't, but the other thing is, these guys did not have the influence like we do today. I think we're way much worse in our surroundings than what they started with. There was no social media. There was no government. There was nothing coming at them. There were no, like, deluded minds telling each other all these bad things. It was just the two of them. The only one that was there was Satan and them. And yet, everything that was perfect around them, they still took the easy way out you know so now yeah. imagine us in our condition i think we're in a horrible state like there's non-stop the messages are non-stop 
So it, it would take a little bit more willpower, I think, for us now. Well, that's why Jesus Jesus is considered the second Adam who passed the test, basically. You know. Yeah, um, honestly, but, without the Holy Spirit, I don't think I think we would be in the same boat. Or even yeah, work. we're no match for Satan and his yeah. uh, deceptions. There's, he's just he, he has a way of uh, getting us to kind of destroy ourselves. You know, right. he plants a seed of doubt, and then see if God is our King and we're supposed to be members of this kingdom, and um, He knows what's right and wrong. He He knows what's best for us. He loves us, and He's trying to protect us from this uh, this satanic influence. But we're seduced to follow Satan. Yeah, and it's wants sad to destroy us. So many people have bought this lie. So they're expecting something better than what God provides them. That's the only yeah. reason I think they would even do those things, you know? Like, yeah. why take Satan's offer when and reject God when he's the one telling you that you will have everything? Yeah. Um, so the next verse... Uh -huh. then, the, then the eyes of both were opened, so they both ate it, and they knew that they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Yeah. So here's an interesting proposition then. Was the fruit from that tree that they weren't supposed to eat, were they figs? Well, I don't know. Um, they sewed fig leaves together. Well, they, I guess they could have been if they're standing next to a tree. That, that yeah. Those would have been the leaves they grabbed. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it doesn't maybe mention what figs. Fruit it was. Doesn't, it doesn't say apple, does it? No. Is is apple anywhere in Genesis three? Because that's the symbol we always get is the apple. No, they made that up. They use the uh, apple, which is unfortunate because apple is a pretty good normal fruit. But I mean, it doesn't say what fruit. But I think you can assume it since they just opened their eyes. They were right there, and the first thing they grabbed was these fig leaves. So that kind of implies that maybe the fig, it could have been the forbidden fruit, but it doesn't really say. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter. I think what the fruit was that they just were not yeah. supposed to eat from that particular tree, and it. Yeah, and it's that um, you know they didn't uh, obey their god or their king, and um, they were in, they were in covenant relationship, and then they broke their side of the covenant and were. Yeah, and it gets you know, even more interesting because now God has to make them close. And see now they got they got this knowledge of good and evil now, but yeah. it doesn't seem to make them happy. They no, feel ashamed. Like totally, yeah. And then, so you're right. So that instant moment, they realize that they did something wrong. Because right? only God can really handle, or only God knows what's right and wrong exactly. And he only God is uh, sinless and, and and perfect. And then now people are trying to become God, and it actually backfires on them. You know, it, it it makes everything worse. And that, yeah, so they so believed the lie. Punishment was the way it went when it, God could have just said, hey, don't do this next time. You well, know? you already told him not to do it. Right, but since they disobeyed, <laughs> why wasn't he like, all right, it's just a fruit. So we know the story is way more than just eating. Well, we'll see. We'll we'll see what he did. We'll see what God's response was yeah. soon. It's coming up. Um, okay. So let's see. Where are we at? What verse? Eight? Uh, then they heard the sound. Okay. Then they heard the sound of the Lord God, that's uh, Yahweh Elohim, walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence. Oh, 
The man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. The Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? Oh, now they're hiding. Wait, they used to have fellowship with God. Yeah. Like they could like talk to God um, directly, right? They're, right. Uh, they're in the temple. The Garden of Eden is like a temple where the... Where where uh, where man where human beings can encounter God directly, and it was a utopian paradise. And now they're they're hiding from God because they know they did something wrong. Like they feel <laughs> that's our conscience. You know, that's that's a difference. But you know, there are some people who do evil and they don't feel bad about it. You yeah. know what I mean? That's a difference. Like a like if a Christian uh, falls into temptation momentarily or sins or something, they don't feel good about it. They feel just like this, you know. It's like, oh, I can't believe I did that again. <laughs> and then, and then the but then but the, there's like you know the sociopaths out there and the wicked and the evil, they love it. They just keep on doing it. You know, there's no that's a difference. I think be, between willful sinning and unintentional sinning. God forgives unintentional sinning. Right. And he does forgive. Uh, they're punished. You know, they're punished. They're disciplined. It's like a, a father disciplining their children. So they're disciplined. But he, I think he forgives Adam and Eve. You know, he does. In fact, we're going to see that, that he does. Well, he gave them. He didn't, like, outright, you know, shoot them down. So they were. Yeah, they were punished. The next few verses, actually, that he cared a lot about them. Yeah. Because um, he made um, them clothes why would you do that if you just wanted to have punishment only right um yeah. so provide so i think this is the story like okay you sin there are consequences i'm going to show you the consequences you're still going to live out your natural consequences of remaining life but so they lost their immortality for one right so now they well i don't know that they really had yeah they la they lost access to the well, they were life. kicked out. They were banished from this garden later on. Mm. So they immediately lost whatever they had protection. They, they, they lost their relationship. They lost um, the presence of God, which gives well, you know, which is a peace of mind. I mean, which is a really good thing to have. And and they're isolated from God. They're alienated from God's presence. And I think part of that is God's presence is is perfect. And if you're if you're contaminated. You can't be in his presence. Well, also, there's a lot of stuff that you can know about, like God's presence, because um, later on in the story of Moses, when he was in presence of God, he his skin glowed like he had a lot of light. When yeah. He, look at him. Yeah. So imagine in the Garden of Eden, where I think the relationship directly with God and them being there, like without, they didn't need clothes. So I think just to having that presence of God there, they probably were like more than superhuman at that point. Like the, the light that was reflecting off of God, it didn't bother them. And yeah. like, I I don't think like they lost total presence of God. So they lost the, lost the physical presence, but later on he does take care of humanity. It's just not the same as to what they had in the garden, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like they would have had like kind of like even more than what Moses had. Moses went yeah. up to the temple because a, a, a mount, a temple, or he didn't go to the temple, but the uh, top of the mountain where he encountered God pretty much directly, you know. Yeah. Um, and that was pr pretty much as close as anyone got to to what Adam and Eve had. 
And he told Moses that, hey, don't look at me or you'll die. So it's like yeah. it must have been some strong energy about God. That Well, God is light. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes people have, uh, you know, God sometimes does reveal his glory to people. And it's, it's light and love, actually. But uh, but while yeah. in the garden, they didn't have any of those concerns. So they were able to chit-chat with him and walk with him in the garden. Um, um nine, I read verse uh, nine. Yeah. The Lord called the, oh, yeah. the uh the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard your voice in the garden and was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. So we yeah, have so fear. they're they're ashamed, they're hiding from God now. They wanted to be like God, but now you know, basically they yeah, they took the law into their own hands. They're 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 not they're not in this covenant with God anymore. They they are their own gods now at this point, basically. You and know, I wonder what yeah. they were so ashamed of being naked, like what that meant to them, because it was just them at that point. Mm. Why were they ashamed of being naked? They had, well, they got the knowledge of good and evil, right uh. and wrong. And there is this thing of uh, throughout the uh, the Bible, throughout the Old Testament, especially of you know you're you're supposed to cover up someone's nakedness. Oh, um, so that is a thing that's maybe um, maybe in our current state. That's that's just the way it is because because it's going to bring about so much temptation and stuff. But yeah, after the fall, nakedness becomes a problem. Whereas before that, it really wasn't. Right. Um, so maybe it's just the you know it's it's part of the knowledge of good and evil and part of the corruption of the, of the consequences of the fall that we uh, we get this uh, shame about that now. So God asked um, in the next verse. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? See, that eating from that tree gave them that knowledge. Yeah. Right? So they didn't really know they were naked before because they didn't know the the opposite of that, of clothes. They didn't know what it meant to be clothed. Weird. Can you imagine? <laughs> Our whole society is based on clothing ourselves. You know, <laughs> not having that, even that conception before that happened. So you didn't need anybody to make you anything. So the other thing is, while they were living in this garden, they had no need for any of these jobs that we have today. Uh, they wouldn't have been cutting yeah. down trees. They wouldn't have been making fibers to make clothes. None of that existed. And, you know, like the word wouldn't have been all these jobs that, we kind of have now. They so. lived in harmony. They would have lived in peace. I mean, there were only the two people so far, but they were living harmoniously with each other, you know, and with God. And then after that, they're all kind of out for themselves. They're isolated from each other and from God, you know, because it's a selfishness. It's self, this uh, heightened self-awareness about me and this fear and shame. And uh, like they, they know too much now at this point. Um, and they required products, so they can no longer go back to that state. The curse on the land, yeah. The, okay, yeah. so um, what are we on, 12? Yep. The man said, the woman, ah, she did it. The woman <laughs> whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree, and I ate. Ah, that's what happened. <laughs> that explains it all. <laughs> yeah, it's still happening. Oh my god, they always do that. They yeah. always act like suddenly they become little wimpies. God knows better, right? Lord God said to the woman, "What have you done?" But notice Adam is blaming the woman, and he's also blaming God, right, for creating the woman. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
the woman you gave me. If you didn't give me this woman, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah, and then he would have been all by himself. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, then the Lord God said to the woman, what have you done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Oh, yes. Uh, wow. That sums it up right there. That's the whole yeah. human race. Right. The serpent but deceived in a way, me and I ate. Did serpent really deceive her? I think that's her story. Well, she they're, both, they're, they're both punished. All yeah. three of them are punished. They're all, they're all, yeah. See, we're not supposed to let the serpent deceive us. And they were supposed to guard and keep the serpent out of the garden. There was, there was, see, Satan would have been defeated back then, I think, if yeah. they would have just said, hey, no, the God told us not to eat it, so we're not going to eat it. Go away. But that would be the end of the story. The Bible would have ended right here at, at chapter three. <laughs> yeah, that would have been nice, wouldn't it? Then nobody would have to spend their lifetime learning it. Um, but the other interesting thing, though, to me, like the way she said it or the way how this, um, even though like Satan's involved, she's completely blaming Satan, even though it was her choice, right? So like, They're not taking responsibility for their part. Yeah. yeah. Because what if I, I say, well, you deceived me into doing this, then I would be innocent, right? Because the deception yeah. really came. But we know she's not innocent. So that, that word deceived to me is a another deception in itself. Or the, the, the man on TV deceived me and I ate the vitamins. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they turned out to be poison. He said it was going to be good for me. Yeah. <laughs> lucky us. Well, they're going to learn the hard way. Um, the Lord God said to the serpent. Promises, you know, that's the other weird thing. They oh, yeah. So are we, let's see. 14. The Lord God said to the serpent. Okay. So here are the consequences. Because you have done this, you are cursed above all livestock and above every beast of the field. You will go on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. So, yeah. And then oh. um, now... Yeah, so I don't think that necessarily means he's an animal either, though. Although it is, you, you get the snake imagery there. Snakes do I crawl on their belly. An I think right there ah, in the, is when he well, became this little slithery thing. Before that, I don't. He must have had legs or something more humanish than now. Yeah, some kind of spiritual being, probably. Or, well, definitely, Satan is a spiritual being. Um, but he must have had a physical form. Where he was yeah, like, yeah. Well, she, even yeah, the angels of God and all that—they basically look human. Maybe he looked like a person to be actually. Yeah, I'm that's thinking. something you don't hear about. Too. You never hear that theory, do you? So the <laughs> serpent in the garden may have just looked like a person. Yeah, I don't I, know. I mean, I don't know. I'm, just, I'm putting it out there, but then they should have said, "Hey, where did you come from? You know, right. <laughs> who are you?" <laughs> well, that—that that, that was my point. Like, if it was this belly. Uh, you know, snake-like, I I would have been terrified if I was in the garden. Even Probably it looked like an angel. It, it looked like, because I guess uh, they Adam and Eve probably would have seen the angels there. Right. We're not told that, but uh, angels seem to have existed before the creation of the world, so they were in existence, and they would have seen the angels, and they would have trusted the angels, or the angels were good. And then here comes another angel, and they're just having a conversation. So he probably, like it says somewhere, right, uh, Satan comes as an angel of light. 
So yeah. he looked like a like a he didn't look scary. That's the thing. Satan doesn't come looking like the the devil like like yeah, you think. Satan's like going to look like the nice friendly person that you can trust. Yeah, I think he in the garden. I think he was a beautiful angelish, yeah, 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 humanoid kind yeah. of person. And then, or an, you know, you could also think of him as an alien. Yeah. Slightly different uh, way of looking at it. You know, the word alien is kind of uh, biased these days to a certain definition, well, but he's not from this world. You know what I mean? Like well, an angel is an alien. Well. Yeah. He wasn't, he was allowed to walk the earth, but he wasn't from earth. Like all Yeah. And God, God allows him to exist to yeah. test us, I believe. Right. And to, uh, there's a book called um, Satan, God's Executioner. Where Satan throughout the Old Testament is Hasatan, the Satan. It's not really his name, but he's the Satan. People will say, oh, that means adversary, but it also means uh, attacker and executioner. He actually kills people. So well, it's. I think um, God used him as that role after his fall, but that was judgment. intent. I think, I think Satan was originally evil, actually. Maybe, right? maybe just I to throw think. it out. Yeah, from the abyss. I'm starting to think Satan comes from the abyss because well, he's locked time. up in the abyss and he comes out of the abyss. The abyss is a uh, topic no one's really looked into, and I'm looking into it, and it explains a lot. I think I have to look at all the verses where he was created, and then it'll make more sense to Satan? me. There are no verses. <laughs> yeah, I think no, there were, the verses that I remember that uh, how God created him. No, nah, there, there's no verses about and that. His first sin was pride. That's that's, uh, that's in Ezekiel 28, and that's talking about the king of Tyre. But it's not. It doesn't say that's Satan, though. It's and that's poetry and it's prophecy. So it's like I have to go back and read it because otherwise uh, we'll get there. We'll yeah. get there. Okay. Just so to, just so you know, it's not as not as concrete as people make it out to be. <sighs> um, well, we might have to argue about that later on if I because I have to. I always pictured it in my mind that uh, he created all his angelic beings and Satan was one of them. And at least from what I remember, Maybe. he was beautiful. He had jewels. You know, he was like. That's Ezekiel 28. Star. Yeah. <laughs> and because he was created so perfect in his beauty, he looked at himself. He's like, hmm, I'm all that. So then at that point, something happened in his head. Is I'm gonna like be just like God, and that was it. Well, that's just what happened to Adam and Eve, though, isn't it? Yeah, they were created beautiful and perfect, and they thought, "Hey, let's eat from this, so we can be like God." Yeah, they didn't need to be like, <laughs> but they chose it anyway. Yeah. So I, I want to be mad at them, but then I remember like we're all the same. So yeah, yeah. I just read a book, and he said, uh, "He said, you know what? If this were any of us, we would have done the same thing." Yep. I even so that's, that's, try to imagine myself in the garden. Like, would I have done that? I think if yeah. you the Christ, I would have. Yeah, yeah. And um, and and Adam is the kind of, you know, throughout the Bible, we see Adam is the representative, uh, almost like the prototype, you know, yeah. of humanity. And we're all in, we're all born under this curse of Adam in a um, in a fallen state. And that's why G Jesus is the second Adam who's uh and we're a new creation in Christ. Yeah. So it's helpful to think to get this background. Yeah. We understand Jesus a little more, right? So uh, we see him as the the second Adam who who obeyed God perfectly. He didn't uh, 
give in to these temptations of Satan. And of course, God had to give us Jesus. God, Jesus is just not a normal guy. Because yeah. humanity cannot, we cannot save ourselves. God had to save us. Yeah, in fact, doing this, all, you know? all of humanity spiritually died. So that's why we got to be born again. Mm. Right, right. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So verse 15. 15 is huge. All right. I will put enmity between you and the woman. Now, who is he talking to? He's talking to the snake, right? Yeah. The serpent. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring or seed, and he will bruise your head and you will bruise his heel. And this actually means crush. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Might be a better translation, to be honest. Um, but yeah. either way... It's crush. It's crush your head. It's a little more extreme. Crush your head. Um, so this is this is uh, what people call the uh, proto evangelion, which is the the first uh, gospel statement, the promise of a savior, promise of Messiah. You see that? You know uh, about that? No, I know, but it, oh, really? It the seed. Yeah. Who's the seed? Who's the off? Who's her offspring? Well, who's okay. going to crush your? Who's going to crush the serpent's? Who's going to crush Satan's head? Jesus. Yes, Jesus. this is about Jesus. Oh yeah, Jesus is going to crush Satan's head. This is a promise. This is the remedy right here. But the remedy, the the salvation. This is a salvation statement right here. The salvation his history. Because it's starting right in Genesis. We didn't even get Genesis three fifteen. We they're talking about Jesus. Yeah. They don't say his name. Does Satan have offspring? Yeah, we do see that throughout the Bible. And it's but the question is there's two camps on this, and um and I respect uh both views and um but there's a spiritual interpretation of that that's it's about um there's the it's about the heart, right? The spiritual interpretation of that would be there are some people whose hearts are aligned to, to Satan and whose hearts are open to God. You know, that's what you I know used what I mean? to think. Ah. <laughs> lately, lately, I am now puzzled. I'm wondering now if this was literal, meaning Satan was allowed to have his offspring. I don't know how that would happen. But well, the, the interpretation of that is that that when when Eve ate the fruit, that was a sexual metaphor. That I don't there's know. A, there's I, there's I, a lot of people who believe that. Although yeah, the, that the thing about that is the Gnostics believe that, and um, I don't believe that though. I know I know people who believe it, and they they have a really good case for it. To be honest, I respect their uh, and and they can trace that theme through all. You do see the serpent seed concept all throughout the Bible. You know, you are of your father, the devil. He was a murderer from the no, beginning, the father I, of I, lies. Yeah, but, but God's our Father, right? So there's God. God is our Father, and then there's other people whose Father is Satan. Um, is that a genetic thing or is it a spiritual thing? You know what I mean? I think it's more Where spiritual, to be honest. Well, um, because yeah. the heart, you know, we're, why? Why would a genetic thing cause? Because the thing is, they had Cain and Abel. See, see, then people would say Cain is the offspring of. Uh, Satan. Yeah, Satan and Eve had a baby who was Cain, who was a murderer. And then Adam and Eve had a baby, and that was uh, Abel, you know what I mean? Or in Seth later on. 
I don't know. I mean, it never mentioned sex. Yeah, know. it's it's a it's a highly debated topic, and but this certainly, I think, I would agree that this theme of serpent seed and right. I mean, we get it right here. There in the offspring of the woman is talking about Jesus, really. So is it plausible what happens later, where the fallen angels have sex with women and they create an offspring? Yeah, yeah, that's I the Nephilim. That's so more... yeah, if if yeah, if there's a if there's a serpent seed, then that comes from the Nephilim. Yeah, for me, that's kind of where I'm at. It, you know. Okay, then we're agreeing um, on that because right I now don't, we don't yeah. see the sex thing happening in the garden. Well, some people see it. Yeah, and, and in fact, the word eight in the Hebrew, which um, what is it? Uh, a call and. Uh, the word eat, there is a definition of here where it says, um, let's see, I'm just looking at the, the dictionary here. Uh, yeah, to eat, but also there's this idea of adultery shows up in the definition. Um, and also it's associated with sacrifice and things. So I almost kind of wonder if that was like a covenant meal. You know how, like the like the Lord's Supper was initiating the uh, the new covenant, and mm -hmm. Moses had a meal with the people when they initiated the uh, Mosaic covenant. Is this a covenant meal? I just thought of that this morning. Um, well, covenant is a spiritual covenant meal, but you, yeah, you know, yeah, Adam with Satan also ate though. <laughs> yeah, so well, they they were they were expelled from the garden for this. I think it is in a way a covenant. Because that's exactly what's going on, right? They're like, in covenant with Satan now. Right. So they make that deal. Maybe that's too much. Yeah. I don't but, yeah, I mean, the sex yeah. thing, but I think I can fall for the other stuff where they were interacting and, in a way, went towards Satan's side and got out of God's relationship and went into Satan. The only thing that, you know, still bugs me is the whole offspring thing in reality, because... Well, seed, you know, and the Greek word is uh, spermatos, sperm. But it's, it's uh, off, yeah, seed. I mean, children like us, you know, like the future. Offspring. Yeah. Yeah. But that means there's two different types of humanity. There are some people who don't have this enmity between uh, us and Satan. That's one interpretation I've heard that um, most people would, you know, have a bit of a enmity or a little bit of a dislike. They don't want, they don't like Satan, but some people do like Satan, you know, that kind of thing. But it's a heart issue because um, their first offspring were, you know, Cain and Abel and these guys. And offspring in the Bible is talking about descendants, right? As well, and also spiritual descendants, like we're spiritual descendants of uh, Abraham. Even though yeah, I'm probably not directly related to Abraham, so, so yeah, the genetic well, thing is not as important. Generally speaking, the genetic thing is not as important in the Bible as the spiritual. Uh, well, after offspring. Jesus came, it was all spiritual, but before that, God yeah. was creating separation. And Jesus um, didn't have children, right? right? We're not we're not offspring of Jesus in a genetic sense necessarily, but we are a new creation. So, what's that all, all about? You know, that's a spiritual thing. Yeah, once um, he died, it was a brand new covenant between all people. Yeah, and it's a, it's a spirit. I think it's more of a spiritual thing. It's pretty deep. It's it's uh it's a bit difficult to discern because um, but yeah, but, but I would agree with the you know people who say that there's a serpent seed. Definitely, there is. It's all throughout the Bible, and you see a lot of conservative uh, scholars use the term serpent seed, or seed of the serpent, and it might might mean the unregenerate humanity. Well, you if know, it's it could spiritual, be a lot of people. 
If it's spiritual, only spiritual yeah. and not physical, I totally get that. Yeah. It's throughout yeah. the That's where I'm at right now care. in this. But I, I do respect the other views, you know what I mean? And Did you see the viral all. video lately about this woman on the Dallas air flight uh, went berserk because she thought she was saying, he's not real, he's not real. So there's this whole controversy now, like, did she see some reptilian thing, shapes of thing? Anyway, so that got me thinking. <laughs> well, you should watch that. It's it's like the buzz going on right now. Um, but that got me thinking that are there two physical separation and it's not just spiritual all along and we just never knew it. But for right now, I think I'll stick with the spiritual aspect of it, that the wheat and the tares. Yeah. Yeah, I have a passage list. I call it the serpent seed passage list. I have like almost 40 verses in there. Wow. So, I mean, you see this this concept of seed and, and well, there's also the promised seed. There's a bit of uh, different seed type verses, but that's a very common word in the Bible. Let me just say this one, Romans 16, 20, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, right? So you have that crushing Satan under your feet type of uh, words in Romans. So do you think that might feel like possession of unbelievers? Like they're like the seed of Satan in possessed spiritually? Or? Well, it's, it, like maybe, maybe it's like what they're, they're under the influence. They're easily deceived. Yeah. They're not, uh, let's see, what do I have here? They're not protected by the, the Holy spirit in their right. hearts, you know? So I see the serpent seed theme throughout the Bible, but, I'm not sold that uh, I'm not convinced that Eve had sex with Satan. I'm just not convinced oh, of that. Yeah. I don't but there are people who are and they uh, they make a case for that, you know, that this this fruit imagery is talking about sex with Satan. I feel like it uh, was not in the I don't mind. think it's necessary. I don't think it's necessary for that to happen to get the same uh the same theme, you know what I mean? Well, if she did it have was, sex with him, that would create a whole genetic line. Right. But why would they automatically be? Uh, yeah, but but we get that in Genesis six anyway. This kind of uh, this fallen angel and human. That part hybrid. I believe because it said it, but it didn't say that she had sex with. Yeah, sex. exactly, exactly. It's more. About, I think more about disobedience. Yeah. Diso they disobeyed God. They broke the covenant and they were exiled, and um, there were consequences of that. Like yeah, like I just don't need that to happen, and I don't see it clearly in scripture yeah so and, and either way you get the same result really yeah. and even at a deeper level i think at a deeper level spiritual reality is is deeper and more eternal than our physical reality yeah at this know? point i think we'll stick with spiritual consequences um except this now the next verse is physical consequences for all women to the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your pain and childbirth, and in pain you will bring forth children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Now, I think there's some some scholars have said that's maybe not exactly what it says. It, it kind of means your desire will be to dominate your husband, mm. like to control your husband. You know, I, I just recently came across some interpretations like that. Your Your desire will be to rule over your husband and he will rule over you. So there's going to be, that's the conflict between man and woman right there. The conflict is there, but I would say more that the domination started be, like before the fall, they were more or less equal. 
uh, even though like we talked about different gender roles and stuff, but here conflict is now they no longer are equal. Like he will, husband will rule over the woman. And yet the woman is going to be constantly at conflict with her husband because her desires are for her husband to be a certain way or do certain things, right? So I kind of feel like the man is still going to be ruling over the wife, where before the fall, that might not, that wasn't there. They were more. Well, like, she was created to be his helper. I think that is, I think ruling over, it sounds kind of, uh, that's a bit of a loaded language, it. you know? Yeah, but that's not the intent. It's more like, like, um, like God is a father, right? God's not a mother, you know. But see, uh, when you're doing things voluntarily, accepting your roles voluntarily, it doesn't. It's not painful. But when you have being subjected by somebody or dominated, somebody's like it's like it's almost saying that you're going to be submissive to your husband. You know. You know what the ESV tra the ESV translates that verse: "Your desire shall be contrary to your husband." <laughs> Oh, really? So let's look at that real quick. I think the woman, I think they're supposed to live in harmony. And as Paul says, the man is the head of the household in an organizational sense, but the man serves a woman too, right? It, it's a spirit, it's this uh, concept of uh, like supposed to leading by serve, like serving a, a leadership that serves the woman. It's not dominance and rulership and authoritarian or anything like that. That's where the feminists get angry about, you know, but it's so that's not the, really what they're... ESV version yeah. 16. Look at the, at the bottom of the verse there. Your desire yeah. shall be contrary to your husband. Ah. Um, okay, so... Well, that's just another... You, let's, let me look up the King James here. It says, uh, let's see here. And thy desire shall be to the, hus the husband. Okay. Yeah, I came across some scholars. I don't know the exact how they figured this out, but they uh, they're saying um, contrary to might be the better interpretation because sometimes you get uh, you know it's just the way the Hebrew language works. You get yeah. idioms and things like that. Well, then this implies that she's always going to be in conflict with her husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because, I mean. Three. Yeah, I mean, who wants to be the number two person on the on the totem pole? You know what I mean. <laughs> but I mean, for like every decision, like if she says, "I want to do this," that'll be contrary to her husband, especially on me. Yeah, I mean, I think any married guy out there is like shaking his head, like, "Yeah, I can." <laughs> I, I, now I understand. <laughs> but also, the you know, the men are supposed to be the men are supposed to are supposed to be obeying God. But when they when they stop doing that, then the men are not good husbands. No, right? and that causes a lot of problems in marriages. That's why there's and same with the women. Yeah, so they don't. Men and women are not really following their roles uh, properly, both on, on both sides. Well, you can also see how they would abuse their authority, right? So let's say they're outside yeah. God, and He shall rule over you. That means He's going to do all kinds of bad things as a dominant person. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 And that's part of just that self. Everyone's a god in their own eyes, doing what they, you know. See, we're we're not capable of uh, deciding for ourselves what's right or wrong, right? Because we're going to fool ourselves, and we're going to do, we're going to lean towards doing something that's good for us, but not good for other people. You know, that's, so that's the only the, advice: the is never ever marry a godless man. <laughs> or a woman in that a woman yeah and, and run in although sometimes they sometimes they convert uh 
Yeah, but that time on. for conversion is going to be hell. I can't say that for sure. <laughs> um, but after that, I mean, yeah, they can convert, but I think they're going to have a lot of fighting until then. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's continue with 17. And to Adam, he said, uh, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from <laughs> And have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground on account of you. In hard labor, you will eat of it all the days of your life. So it's going to be a struggle to produce food and make a living, basically. It's not going to be easy. And it is a struggle. I mean, working in the business world, whatever it is, it's a struggle, man. To You know, it's a struggle. Yeah, I mean, even like women working now i i think they should yeah. realize how hard it is on men and women because it's like well it's competitive yeah everyone everyone's trying to stab you in the back at your own company well no everyone's lying it's physical like a lot of the physical labor jobs oh my gosh i feel like it's a good thing they want to do this they have this drive to work those are probably the best jobs though because there's yeah. less uh, politics right it's more honest really are awful i mean that and those jobs are always necessary they're uh, what do they call it these days um essential ah, yeah <laughs> crazy right but they're like the bread and butter of everybody without that yeah. i mean there's so many jobs you look around and i have so much appreciation for what people go through oh yeah here there's people working outdoors in 100 and 100 degree weather all day long you know um, yeah, work sucks. I mean, all this happened because of this, you know. Like, pretty much. That's what. Uh, yeah, they they had everything. They had food, shelter, whatever they needed. You know, right. it was all there. The food was just growing out of the ground, and that all they had to do was go and pick a pick some food off a tree and eat it, and there that was good. You know, now you got to go to the grocery store and scan your palm and yeah, <laughs> and eat nasty stuff that has all kinds of chemicals. Even here, we get a lot of our food from these outdoor markets, you know, on the side of the road or wherever they are. But even they had strict policies, you know, about certain things that you had to do. And you're like outdoors in the middle of nowhere and there's some guy in a truck selling food. It's like you had to follow, you know, certain rules or, you know, it's like, you know. Yeah, so they're making it really, really hard. And I think the next few generations are really going to feel the prison that's being built next few yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. saw what's happening with all the farming and natural food supply. It's all being changed and destroyed. Maybe that's part of this curse. You know what I mean? This, uh, you know, this is Satan. Yeah. Satan's in control of the uh, agriculture to a certain extent now. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're um, going to get thorns and thistles. Yeah. You can kind of see that here, right? So yeah. the next one, thorns and thistles. It will bring forth for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face, you will eat bread until you return to the ground, because out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you will return. That's pretty harsh. They wanted to be gods, and now God is telling them, you're dust. Yeah, you're going to go back back in the ground. You're going back in the ground (laughs) where I formed you, buddy. Oh, gosh. (laughs) You're not a god. Who do you think you are? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, oh, I can see that. Oh my gosh. The first yeah. he never created and now he blew it so fast that he went back to where he was like you're the, you know, 
You're nothingless. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, God. That's the thing is, we always forget that God created the world. He created us. We always walk. We walk around like, like we're something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're uh, like we got no it all fear. figured out. We're the masters of our own destiny, and we forget yeah, that God created us in the originally. I didn't create myself. I didn't create the world. You know. I don't really know right from wrong. Other, other apart from the word of God, we don't know what's right or wrong. We don't know how to live in this world uh, well. I said that wisdom, fear of God, is wisdom. Yeah, yeah. You know, the the, 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 the proverbs, you know, yeah, yeah the wisdom so, literature. There's uh, so at that point, Adam didn't really have that fear of God. You know, not as much as, or maybe he didn't know, but certainly after. I look at all the great men of today. I, I don't see any fear. Who are those people? <sighs> well, all the billionaires, you know. You, you oh, know. you mean those guys? Yeah. Uh, they want to run the, the world. They show zero fear of all the consequences. Oh, yeah. I mean, what they're doing now is such a high level terraforming the earth and, you know, changing all life genetically. They well, they want to be gods, you know. They're 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 just given into the same temptation, you know. They're following Satan, and uh, they may not they even realize they're it. Gonna become dust of the ground soon. Like I, I no, they delude themselves. Yeah, they they think they can achieve immortality, or if they're you know a lot of these people do occult kind of stuff, so they uh, they're they're you know and and the they're they're in contact with uh, demons, and the demons are telling them lies about how they're going to live forever and all this stuff. So, uh, Oh, now she gets a name, verse 20. The man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all the living. Yeah. Well, that's kind of interesting. That's kind of, uh, it's kind that? of funny. That, that, that verse almost seems a bit out of place, you know, in this story. Um, suddenly he just, suddenly, like, why didn't she have a name before this? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he just thought, did the man, yeah, so it was Adam who named her. I was like, oh, we just got punished by God. I think I'll name my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that should have been when he was talking about naming her a woman. But now it's kind of strange. Yeah. And uh, mother of all the living. But that's where a lot of the Gnostics and uh, the Freemasons, you know, all these, well, the secret societies, whatever, they get a lot of their mythology and worldview from, from this chapter, especially. Where they they have a different inter the the serpent is the good guy, right? Oh yeah, Satan is the good guy who enlightened people, and now Eve is the mother of the living, and that's they think of her more of like a goddess, and also as the part of the androgynous Adam and all this stuff. So, which is um, crazy, and you know, in yeah. Judaism, they said Lilith was the first wife, and Eve came second. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's all false. We know clearly yeah. he was crazy about him. And all these pop stars, you know, they're always uh like you were talk you were telling me about the um the serpent and they have the piece, you know, the apple or whatever, and there's a serpent yeah. and these these uh gender bender celebrities, they're trying to mimic Eve or I think Lilith, maybe, right? What what was that all about? You told me about that. Uh, remember um, that? The, the uh, Taylor Swift or all these oh, kind yeah. of celebrities well, with the serpents, and they're all over the place. Yeah. So I want to share, I'll stop this for a second. I want to share the video of this uh, 
vodka commercial, which is <laughs> shows the entire story of what we just read. Wow. I'm going to do it in slow-mo uh, so you can capture, like, so this is, to me, cap in, like the captures the entire, not only Genesis, but all the way up to today, uh, how it's reinterpreted in our society. I have to do it in slow-mo because there's a lot going on here. So here we go. see right at the end so here's the new adam and eve coming in in the beginning you know as you saw like they were like had their fig leaf thing going on so that's adam and eve right ah uh, yeah yeah and so they're coming in as like these innocent two people and by the time they step into the door so they're seeing all these ugly things behind the scene and when you play at normal speed you can't catch all that but they're like these hidden secret things going on in all these rooms and then they come out, like, without the fig leaves, so they're no longer, you know, they accept ah. the satanic covenant. And then, Whoa. as it, so all these, like, wicked, and her eyes, you know, they always show the eyes, so, like, her eyes becoming open, there they're becoming open right there. Ah. And then, this is the offer, the satanic, the serpents. Ah. So they're squeezing in that apple, it's coming in the form of vodka, but, so here's her eyes open, you said that? And she's enticed by these snakes that are going to give her this drink. Whoa. And then you'll see what they're squeezing, the apple, right? That's the, like the story of Adam and Eve taking this apple, theoretically. And they all go in a trance. So they're all doing their circular, you know, they're like following the beast. So after she gets that, so now you see the little logo uh, apple around their heart logo kind of thing around them. So they took the bite. They they both Adam and Eve took it. And now they're like content in their 
satanic. See, now they're all back to normal sitting around. So they like accepted this underground club satanic thing. And now the next person, the next Adam and Eve is going to come do the same thing. So I thought this was like super cool. Um, so what do you think? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty uh, disturbing, actually. Um, everyone, yeah. kind of, there's a few, free, few of those guys kind of look like David Boy. They look very androgynous. You know, they look kind yeah. of. Uh, um, that's exactly it. They were showing that uh, trans um whatever trans and, and also like pharmacia i was thinking of pharmacia there's like the the magic potion you know the vitamins that kind of stuff you know they're they're drinking the magic potion the pharmacia yeah, the secret sauce you know the the mat there it's magic there's magic and sorcery and witchcraft involved they're they're uh they're drinking something that a potion oops wrong um, the pharmacia yeah, so all that could relate to what how we do the exact same thing as what was talked about in Genesis. So I and I wanted to share the what was well, Taylor the, Swift doing with her yeah. which, the video that you did. Uh, the short clip it was very short, but you you had um, I think at the end mentioned there was snake imagery going on yeah it. yeah i just did a video yesterday and there's more I, I found some more photos of the recent tour that has the snakes are all over the stage yeah um which i also was like researching that whole concert thing so a couple things came about i think she was doing this tour like back in 2018 uh with the snake theme the, the videos are crazy like the you know life-size snakes so here's the concert that you were talking about last time okay so her outfit is all snake and in the background i think it's also <laughs> snake but yeah. you mentioned in your video where she did this symbolism yeah um, right like the hand signs yeah but she went like this strike right um uh, uh -huh. so i thought even before doing all this i thought oh you know she, she was casting a spell so i thought that in my head and i think i told you that and then um then i saw later on articles that people were getting sick at her concert like they had amnesia you hear about that sometimes these days yeah wow you know i was thinking just now that well i won't do it the devil horn thing could be like the like a, the fangs of the snake yes that's snake exactly fangs it. and the the venom poison pharmacia you know, and the, uh, the 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 who symbol is the serpent on the pole over the earth. Um, so yeah, the, yeah, this snake imagery, the serpent imagery is is all over the culture. It really is, and it's uh, and it always like for us, we always get kind of a bad feeling when we see it. But I guess other people out there are into it apparently. And those, you know, the seed of the serpent, right? That's their father. That's the their spiritual father. And they're going to these uh, religious services. A concert is really kind of like a uh, a worship service, you know. And they're worshiping oh, Satan. They yeah. they don't know it, maybe, but uh, no, the fans know. love it. They think they're just having fun, but so <laughs> much of it is ritualistic. So here, like the giant. So this is Taylor Swift right here, but all the imagery is life, like more than life size. Oh, this serpent, the serpent, and this Eve imagery. It's it's all over, and I think I think the. Uh, the the elite and the kind of the, you know you could call them the serpent seed I guess they are um, they have their own interpretation of Genesis three or even Genesis one through three especially that um, 
that they believe uh, i did a video yesterday and and there's this like this huge cobra type snake overlooking this whole stage yeah i don't know if that's from the current tour or from a previous one but uh it's the same yeah. like her tour that theme started back in 2018 when she did it but all that stuff is still current so she still goes out on stage with that snake imagery where do we <clears throat> Oh, I think uh, 21, the Lord God made garments of skins for both Adam and his wife and clothed them. So no more fig leaves. And maybe that implies a sacrifice as well, right? The, That's the first sacrifice because skin yeah. animals. Yeah, so the an animal had to die to cover yeah. up the sin. Right. To atone for the sin to a certain extent, I guess. To cleanse. There, was, there would have been bloodshed there. It doesn't say that, but... Uh, that's part of the deal when you kill an animal. Yeah, <clears throat> it's implied that unless he pulled his skin out of thin air, but I think it's implied that he had to kill animals. And the other thing was that I always wondered, um, the garments would not have been like head-to-toe coverings because skins are pretty heavy, right? So he would have made them minimally but kept them warm somehow. The only reason I think of that, because in the Muslim culture, they cover themselves head to toe. And ever since this time frame, the concept of modesty gotten so extreme where they have to cover women up, you know, mm. and like not wanting them to even dress in their natural desire. But it's like always like you're, they're always like concerned with how women dress. But at this point, I don't think, although he would have made them like the, I think it was the first mini skirt or coat or whatever he made them. He made a mini skirt for Eve, something real fashionable. It would have been so <laughs> heavy. Imagine like a leather outfit from head to toe. It wouldn't have worked. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But interesting. Yeah, I so I don't know. I'm speculating, but I just think that. He wasn't too concerned yeah. about modesty other than just keeping them worn. I mean, giving them clothes after they were going to be banished from the garden. Um, it was kind of an act of mercy in a way as well. Um, you know, and he made the clothes himself, you know, so I think that's act of love too. Okay. All right, next one. Then the Lord God said, the man has become, oh, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Now he might reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. All right. So now it said, yeah, so it confirms, yes, he does know good from evil. Or is that what it's saying? It kind of implies that now, since now he knows, he's going to be reaching out for that tree of life in a hurry to get well, I think it. Out. I think what it means is now he thinks, or maybe now he thinks he knows. Um, now he is choosing what's right and wrong by himself you know yeah and he said he, he might reach out of his hand to take from the tree of life so that's what yeah so and, and he's in a fallen state now so if, if he would have uh taken from the tree of life and become immortal but yeah, he's in kind of a uh, fallen state it's not a good uh it's not a good situation I think that's the worst fear ever like if all of us in our fallen state suddenly live forever even though that's what satan's trying to recreate immortality synthetically but it's a terrible idea because that means we're living in the state forever and ever 
Yeah, yeah. They don't they don't want us to know about this eternal life and the uh, resurrection and all that stuff. They don't they don't want us to believe in all that, you know. Yeah. Um it's, yeah. So um, therefore the Lord God sent him. I'll just read the whole thing. Yeah. Therefore the Lord God sent him out from the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. He drove the man out and at the east of the garden of Eden he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword which turned in every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. The ending is kind of interesting. Well, I'm thinking that he's God is probably thinking, hey, Adam, he's eaten from all these trees. Adam and Eve, they they can't be trusted. They're going to try to eat from this tree too. Oh, so yeah. he's protecting them. Like they're not, but you know, at the end of Revelation, we do eat from the tree of life, or it's there for healing. You know, it's there again. Yeah. At the end of the book. Which is great. So that's only for after we've been redeemed and taken up with God, right? To be able to eat. Yeah. But then yeah. this also implies that th this garden still exists because they're being guarded. Well, not necessarily because we don't really see it again. Um, we don't see it again, really, in the Bible. Uh, I mean, it's it was there at that time. The flood, I mean, maybe the flood... You know, the flood must have uh, uh, destroyed any any uh, remains from that garden. You know what I mean? And it could have been on top of a mountain because this mountain, this the, the temple was always kind of on top of a mountain. Some people see say uh, Eden was like a mountain. It is a temple. A temple is not just a building. A temple is anywhere that you meet with God. And in the end, the entire world will be uh, a place where we'll be in fellowship with God. So the entire world will be the temple in the future different dimension that we just don't see or have access. Well, why would he need the garden? Maybe. I mean, if... Well, there's there's ground and earth, and uh, Adam was created from the ground. So Adam is not really an angel, you know, nothing like that. Some people think he was, but uh, he came from the dust, goes back to the dust. But yeah, he's exiled from the presence of God. If you think of a Garden of Eden as like a temple, a natural temple where, where, where man and God could... Uh, have a relationship and have fellowship the presence of god but they were exiled from that um, but they were clothed you know so there's some protective covering there's also a bit of uh, animal sacrifice going on where they would you know they picked up that theme later on in the mosaic covenant to use the blood to cleanse the temple to atone for sins but it didn't take away sin from our heart but it would atone for sin yeah, so I think so, the whole chapter here is really about consequences. He didn't let Adam and Eve, um, you know, he still protected them and gave them a way out of it, but he, they still have to suffer every single consequences of their actions, which they lost yeah. in reality. They gained hardship. They had a struggle among themselves, and they were going to have enmity between the serpent seed and the woman's seed and now they're banished from the garden so there's a lot going on to them we're still experiencing the same thing since then yeah and then you, i mean and but really i think the important verse here for me is the uh 315 the promise of a messiah that will come and uh, crush satan's head you know what i mean and then the believers whoever believes and accepts christ and that's that promise for us and then yeah all others that don't, they only have one end. They're going to die, basically. And they're still <laughs> under the influence of the serpent, you know, right. through all this deception. I mean, this whole mass media 
well, I think was created in order to deceive people, to control people's minds. Oh, yeah. And, um, Movies, music. And it's really just the voice of the serpent. It's the voice of the serpent in the garden. You can, you know. Yeah. And people repeat the same lie every time you meet them in workplace or wherever. And that's kind of yeah. what forms that culture, you know, the culture of lies. It's yeah. even hard. To, it, it gets hard to have conversations with people, you know, un unregenerate people. Who are who is stubborn, stubborn people who are not, you know, the serpent seed, if you want to call them that now. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to have conversations. They're just not open to uh, you know, to well, God. They're blocked. And that they're makes blinded. you wonder, like, if they truly are the serpent seed spiritually, are they made as a serpent seed or are they were they created from birth, you know? Like they were never going to see it because they always belong to Satan. Well, yeah, I mean that's a whole different show. But there's there's a uh, this concept of the they're not written in the book of, of life, right? Yeah. There's that book of life uh, reference you see quite often, and then Paul even says, I think it's Romans nine or something. He says, uh, "What if God created people who are just going to go to hell?" Basically, <laughs> like yeah. he has the right to do that. You know, so it's kind of a rhetorical question. So there's a lot of debate about. Did he really well, say that's they, what's going on? Or are know? people really choosing between God and Satan, or they've already kind of made that choice before? Yeah, they well, they're blind. I mean, God does blind people. It's like uh people who kind of made that choice, but then God kind of blinds them and seals them in their in their uh in their destruction, really. Two Thessalonians too, you know, and they're deceived. They're Honestly, deceived be, not, because their works are evil. I haven't met too many believers in my own family i'm the only one in my workplace more often than not i meet seed of the serpents and so it's constant you know it's a constant struggle and so i'm kind of happy that we're yeah. able to at least talk about well, even a church you know there's the um there are they call them nominal christians right christians in name only there are people who yeah. go to church just for the fellowship or to meet friends or to meet people and, and they're not really going there for, for the right reasons too so even within the church there's going to be some people um there's going to be a lot of people who are not really uh going to enter into the kingdom of heaven you know that's for sure i've experienced that in trying to find a good church because i really <laughs> any good church that you know teaches the word of god i i'm fine with that but often today um you know they go off on tangents and sort of make philosophy more than teaching the word Bible. well they're trying to get they're they're appealing to a degenerate culture yeah. so people um you know if they just preach the word of god people wouldn't even understand them probably or uh, they wouldn't understand what they were saying yeah but um you have maybe a, like a real small church or uh i mean i think you know the christians originally just met in people's homes that's, I would love that yeah. idea, but today uh, they're all based on some organization that they report to, and <laughs> had that conflict. Like, why don't we have like home churches? And they, said, they couldn't even fathom that idea. But the thing I like about church is uh, is the music, is the worship. You know the yeah. that because that, that's you know just it's it's not so much the teachings. It's the because uh, I can read the Bible at home by myself, right. but. Going there and, and singing the song, and I actually play in the church band now. But oh. the uh, going and singing the songs yeah. with other people, just just simple worship, you know that's that's a good that's an experience that I like. 
about the church. You know, everything else is you're, you're going to have problems anytime a group of people get together, right? Yeah. Um, but so no church is perfect, but um, that's maybe sure. there's something out there that's not so bad. You know what I mean? I think I did it to myself. I'm going to try again. I did try three, four times and I had different experiences. And I tried all yeah. different churches too. One of them, Messianic. I went for a year. They moved. And it was too far for me to get to. And so they met on Saturdays. So I learned a lot of, you know, what they uh, learned. And then a younger church and more uh, evangelistic type. So there were different churches everywhere. But I don't know. I, and I also been moving around quite a bit, too. So it became. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. It's hard. Uh, it's not easy. Yeah. And even the church I go to, I would, it's probably not perfect or anything like that, but I, you know, it's just, it is what it is. I'll, I'm just kind of trying it out for now, you know? And, yeah. Well, yeah. we covered a lot today. Good news. Yay. So the next one will be with the first murder. Oh, nice. Exciting. <laughs> wow. Things go downhill pretty rapidly. Yes, yeah. All right. Thank you so much. And same place next time, next week. All right. Thank you. See you. Thank you. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. All right.